episode of Having Coffee with John Mack. Well, we're just back from the holidays. Back from the holidays. Christmas season. Uh, New Year's. Election chaos. <laughs> now we're in that really weird moment where nobody knows what day or season it is. No one knows what they're doing with their life anymore. It's yeah. like that weird January, February time before spring we're all just floating in the abyss yeah when we all start just praying for the warmer weather to come back yeah yep yeah it's it's the brutal time of the year that's why i wanted to keep the tree and lights and everything up until spring because at least there's a little bit of light and cheer instead of just gray gloom yeah keep it a little festive yeah it helps i'm sure as everybody's already seen, there's chaos in the world today, especially yesterday, which today is the 7th of January, so yesterday was Electoral College Certification Day, and uh, the chaos on the Capitol in which four people lost their lives, and uh, it, it was a pretty uh, disappointing day for a lot of people joyful day for other people uh, somber day for a lot of us who uh, really think the deaths and the violence was senseless uh, conservative or democrat any death that is because of stuff like that is senseless aside from all that I would just like to or we would just like to remind everybody that despite who our president is, Christ is still king. Right. I was just telling Mama that today that I don't put my faith in any politician or politics or one side of the aisle or the other. I put all of my faith in Christ and believe that everything's going to turn out exactly the way that he wanted it to turn out in the first place. I mean, he's everlasting. Yes. He never changes. So... Yes. I'm not scared about anything going on right now. And you shouldn't be. I mean, the Bible, if you stick to the teachings, tells us repeatedly to not fear. 365 times. Yeah. One for each day of the year. Imagine that. So, I mean, yeah, don't fear. Uh, don't, uh, you know, kind of dwell in the negativity with everything that's happened this election cycle and the many questions that many of us, including us, have uh, about what occurred and certain things that happened that are questionable in our opinion, uh, it's disheartening to know that the people that you sent to D.C. to represent you won't even raise your questions in the chamber and say, hey, the people I represent want to know what happened here. What happened in this state? What happened in this county? What happened at this counting center? They don't care. Six senators objected. Uh, the rest of them don't care pretty much told us all to go back to our corners and shut up and be quiet is how I took it. 
that's my feeling on it. But again, initially you get that anger and you feel hurt and betrayed and that's natural. But again, we need to remember that the one who will never betray us is God through Jesus that is salvation redemption all rolled into one wrath is through God that's his department that's not up to us uh, and I should also remind since we're speaking about this also is that uh, as I was actually looking at something different in my Bible study yesterday I came up on something speaking about authority Mm-hmm. and governmental authority and it states that whether you agree with governmental authority or not and what they place on people or who is in the seat that you have to have respect that you may not like them but you have to obey and have respect because what they do is on them mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with you yeah and then what we do is on us exactly so yeah I mean I've been kind of stepping back, looking at it as, and I mean, everything's not over completely yet. Trump's still got cases out there. There's still things going on. Uh, I guess you really don't know what might happen between now and the 20th. Not going to hold my breath. I'm just leaving it all up to God. I'm not going to worry about it, stress about it, or anything. Which is what we've been pretty much doing the whole time. Yeah. But I will say, despite anything that happens and how bad we think things are in America under a Biden-Harris presidency, just think about how bad the Jews had it back in Egypt when they were enslaved. And the 40 years that they wandered the desert trying to make it to their promised land of Israel. All of the hardships, the trials, the tribulations, just a whole bunch of things that they went through during that time. And here in America, we're still living pretty good. Yes, Biden probably is going to 100% likely going to raise our taxes, make us pay more in taxes. We're going to have less money in our bank accounts. Uh, more money's going to go all over the world. Well, look what happened to Simon. He couldn't pay off his taxes, and Jesus gave him two big boatfuls okay. of fish. Yeah, taxes <laughs> are biblical. They're in the Bible. People of Israel have been paying them for centuries. Maybe that's so. We're paying them. I mean, it's, it's just part of... Yeah, I've seen Humanity people even say, oh, we should quit paying taxes in protest. No, that's not. The only way to quit paying <laughs> taxes in protest is to quit your job mm-hmm. and quit buying anything. Yeah. Don't own a vehicle, live outdoors in some wilderness, and eat off the land mm-hmm. and hope that you don't get caught exactly. because you because don't have a fishing license or a hunting license or. <laughs> That's not. that's not the wisest. So way I mean, to go it's, about. it's hard. You really can't do anything in the free country of America 
because it's not free. You got to pay for everything. Mm -hmm. So it's an illusion, honestly, to say that we are a free country. We're really not as free as people, people like, like to, to think, think that, that we are. Yeah. <laughs> so. But I thought today we would talk about a couple of. Yeah, we're going to segue into it. Yeah, here? we're going to segue into it. All right. Parables that Jesse. Always blaming stuff on me. Had asked me about earlier, what, this week? Yes. So she asked me about a couple parables. Because they were a couple of things that I had always wondered about a little bit. And I think that if you don't look at the context of it, it can make you feel really down on yourself. (laughs) Thinking like, oh man, am I going to make it? Do I have a chance to make it to heaven? Um, But you got to look at context. Well, do you want to just kind of read that first one about the uh, grains of sand? I'll just leave it there. Grains of sand. Oh. Oh, yeah. That one. Okay. Well, it kind of goes into the other thing. Let me just do the whole. Yeah, start at the beginning there, yeah. All right. So we'll go to the part where it says, because I think that a lot of people skip over this. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. And this is in Romans 9 verse 18 talking about how God will have mercy, but there's he can, he will also harden people's hearts. Yes. Like he did Pharaoh's. Yes. Um so it goes on to say that and it says you will say to me then why does he still find fault for who can resist his will? But who are you O man to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? And down here. um, And Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, Though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. Yeah, now, put in context here, Jesse had read this, and her questioning to me was about how, because her understanding was we're all grafted in... To the family of Israel once we are saved. Yes. Yes. It talks about that in another part of the Bible. So she was taking this verse And just to clarify, that's Romans 9, verse 27. For anybody who wants to look it up. Taking that verse as all of us, Jews and Gentiles, being the grains of sand and few are going to get into heaven. And I gave her a little more uh, context to it. In my opinion, others may disagree. My understanding of this verse is when he's talking about you know the was it sons of Israel being like the sand in the ocean? Yeah. Well, it says um, though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea. Yeah. The so sand like of it's the sea. a big number. So it's a big number. Which is what God promised Abraham. And so in this verse, Jesus is 
specifically talking about? Well, I believe it is Paul. Paul. My bad. Because it's Romans. Paul is talking about Jews. There's going to be many Jews, and only few of them are going to be able to make it into heaven. Now, to put this into another perspective here, the reason being, as I understand it through the teachings of Jesus, is because Jesus came to be the lamb, be the sacrifice. He is the way. He says it many times. He is the way. He's the only way. you got to get to the Father through the Son, and He is the way to heaven. That the path to basically hell is wide. I was just reading that yesterday. It said that the, yeah, it's very wide, whereas like the gate. Yeah. Um, whereas the doorway to heaven is very narrow, and that's the and one. small. Yes. So, and I'm not saying all these Jews are going to go to hell or nothing. I'm not, that's, I'm not to judge that. All I'm saying is that still today, Jewish faith does not recognize Jesus as the Son of God who came to sacrifice himself for our sins. Or Orthodox Jews. Orthodox Jews. Now, there are certain sects of Jews who do believe in Jesus and do kind of accept that, but it's a very small portion. So in context to that verse specifically, out of the many Jews of Israel, which isn't a very large population, I mean worldwide Jewish populations, not even that huge of a number, but getting back on the point, out of that number, only a very small portion believe in Jesus and praise him or give him any recognition. So, Because the confusion was is that in the Bible, Israel do, is represented as several things. Israel is yes. represented as the country as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's represented as the Jews. It's represented as um, those who are saved through Jesus Christ being grafted in. So, like, as people, um, it's represented as a bride. So, it kind of depends. Like, you have to look at the whole story, not just the verse. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... You got to tie everything together and realize that, okay, in this specific instance, they're specifically talking about Israelites. And then it clarifies, Paul clarifies it in the next uh, chapter, Romans 8, where he's talking about salvation. And he says... Oh, I'm on the wrong page. Yeah, it's not chapter not. 8. I lied. It's uh, chapter 10, Romans chapter 10. So he says, The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek or Gentile. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's Romans 10, uh, verse 7 through 10. Yeah. So, I mean, that's important to tie everything together. Because there you, you see that there's a distinction between Jews and Greeks or the Gentiles. At the specific time, he's talking the Romans in Greek or in Greece. Um, so... He's talking about Greeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I believe in Corinthians he refers to it as Gentiles. Yeah. So, Greeks, Gentiles. It's just the it whole of the world. All the yeah. people of the world can be saved through Jesus. He's right. the salvation. He's the way, the path to heaven. And then further on in 11, he talks about the Gentiles being grafted in. Yeah. So he says, but if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you remember, it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief. But you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branch, which is the Jews, Uh neither will he spare you, the Gentile. Note then the kindness and severity of God, severity towards those who have fallen. But God's kindness to you provided you to continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft them in again. Yeah. So you could be what we call a uh, backslider backslider, and you get cut off but then you beg forgiveness and then you come back and God's going to graft you back in Mm, and there what was that we were watching uh, I can't remember we watched a couple things we watched the the Luke Mm -hmm. uh, biblical account and we watched Chosen. Chosen one of those two I can't remember which one I'll let you know in a second where Jesus is talking, and he says, I can't remember word for word, but basically, you know, if a, if a man sins against you in the morning and then asks for forgiveness, you forgive him. And if by the evening he sins against you five more times, you forgive him five more times. That was the Luke movie. Yeah, but that was a direct, they're reading the book of Luke, and yeah. they have actors kind of They're, playing the yeah, scenes. Yeah, the actors were even speaking. Yeah, they don't talk. When they did, it was all in Hebrew. It's all just reading from the book of Luke. Basically saying... I think the name was the book of Luke. Yeah, it was the book of Luke. <laughs> yeah. They were it was reading a directly from the book of Luke. It's yeah. a three-hour uh, narrated film, basically. Yeah. 
I thought that was interesting because I'd read that before, but to put it in context, it's like Jesus is saying, you should do this because that's what I do for you. I I forgive you if you sin against me five times in a day. I'm forgiving you five times if you ask for forgiveness. And you should extend that same Mm -hmm. courtesy to anyone who sins against you. And in all honesty, it reminds me of, I think it's Hosea um, who married the prostitute. God told him to marry a prostitute. And the prostitute kept cheating on him all the time over and over. And God told him, go back to her and don't hold it against her. Because he used that as a representation of how often he forgives us. Yeah. And so he used his life to represent that entire thing. Yeah, he uses these stories to explain. Because I think if he was just saying what he would do and how things work, people wouldn't understand it as well Mm -hmm. as when you You put it it. in a context of something that they might deal with daily and you tell a story based on what kind of situation. Yeah. But this was like an actual guy. When he was talking to Simon and the Chosen about Mm -hmm. uh, the fish and how he's fishing for fish and then he casts the net over and pulls in two boatloads of fish and it's sinking the boat and then he tells Simon from now on you're going to be fishing for souls. Yeah. You're going to be fisher of men. Fisher of men. So Hosea. It is Hosea. So this was an actual guy who was told by God to marry a prostitute. Yeah. Now the other parable that you were questioning me about was the one about the wedding. Yes. You want me to go for it? Go for it. It's Matthew chapter 22, verse 1 through 14. And again Jesus spoke to them in parable, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son, and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops, and destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main rows, and invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there was a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called but few are chosen. And I think that's where it becomes daunting is verse 14 there. For many are called, but few are chosen. Uh, And again, in this parable, kind of the same as the previous, at the beginning, the, the wedding hall is heaven. I think that's clear. What 
it kind of got a little confusing was he send the king sends his servants out to invite his people to the wedding and some of them would come but a lot of them were too busy couldn't be bothered treated his servants badly um, all, all of the above <laughs> and then he the king being God struck out with wrath against the ones who had mistreated his servants killed them enslaved them imprisoned them um, and this was kind of the story from the beginning to Jesus' coming. God's wanting the Jews to come. He's inviting them. He's giving them signs. He's speaking to them through prophets and saying, this is what's required, just show up. And he wasn't getting the guest list for the wedding that he wanted. The hall's empty. So, then he invites, sends his servants out to invite anyone. Just sends them out on the road to invite anyone they find. Good or bad. Which I think is where discipling comes discipling. in. Discipling. Because We are to send, servants, go out and search for anyone. Yeah, the servants are the disciples. Mm-hmm who were taught by Jesus and then sent forth into the world to become fishers of men. And then we were discipled, and then those discipled becomes the disciplers. Yeah. So we become the servants. We go out into the world. The people who do harm to us, right. The another important part of this is the servants did not fight back. The servants were killed, they were imprisoned, whatever bad things happened to them, mm -hmm. God took his justice on it. They served Christ unto death. So There was only one disciple who was not executed. Yeah. So, I mean, that's powerful to me is that God, if you're a servant of God, God is going to oversee your justice mm -hmm. for anything bad happening to you. Mm -hmm. So we can take some comfort in that. Now, the other part of that was, yes, he invites all these people. All these people show up, and the wedding hall is full. He's happy because now the wedding hall's full, which is what God wants. He wants us all to join him in heaven. He didn't make heaven for it to be empty. He wants people there. Uh he wants souls. He wants people to make it to heaven. I would see it being like us building a house from the ground up. And we're so proud of it. And we want these people, like all these people, to come check it out and have a house welcoming party and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, we want people there. Nobody shows up. And <laughs> you finally get a few people that you don't even know to come over. And then one guy doesn't wipe his shoes off and drags his muddy feet across the white carpet. <laughs> yeah. And that's the guy you toss out the door. Like, get out of my house. It's kind of the same as this parable here. Well, there's... If I... So, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, so... He invites the Gentiles, that's the people from the street, are invited to the wedding hall, which is heaven. Mm -hmm. 
because he wants to cast a wider net. He wants to fish for more men because he's not getting what he is satisfied with, with the through small the pool small pool that he was fishing in. Israel. So, exactly. <laughs> and there's many tales in the Bible about how stubborn Israel is, how he gives them signs, and then they go back to worshiping idols, and then he has we the... We just laughed about the... <laughs> yeah, he has the idols destroyed, he gets mad at them, uh, time goes on, and then they do something else foolish, and then he's doing something else to try to prove to them that he is God and they should obey him. There's two things that I see with this, too. Like, the more that I've looked at it and read it, and two things kind of stick out. And when you compare it to, like, the disciples, the servants or the disciples looking for people, yeah. Um. At some point, everybody is called. Mm-hmm. Everyone, like the person that you don't know down the road, could be called by someone else who is another disciple. But at some point, everyone in this world will hear the name Jesus Christ. Yeah. And they have a choice on if they're going to come to that name, if yeah. they're going to answer to the call. Yes. And I think that the few that are chosen are the ones who will answer to that call Mm -hmm. and who will keep their faith to the very end. Fight the good fight of faith. Yes. And And that's that's very true because I don't think there's anybody on the planet that's not heard of Jesus. Right. It's even been shown that there are like Amazonian like tribes who have heard the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Where, like, you know, missionaries and stuff had, like, gone in. So it's it's filtrated throughout the entire world. Yeah. So uh, there, if there are any people out there that haven't, it's very few. The overwhelming majority have, and they either don't believe, they don't care, they don't want to be bothered with it. They're unwilling to turn away from their gods. I mean, you think about the many religions in the world... Muslims and they're they praise Allah. They're not going to praise Jesus. It's Allah. Well, what's really hard about that is you. It says in the Bible that you have to be a living sacrifice and you have to die to yourself and pick up your cross and carry it daily. Mm-hmm. Which means that you have to take and put yourself on the back burner and fight your fleshly desires in order to obey Christ and what he tells you to do. And our mortal, selfish bodies, we don't want to do that. No. So a lot of people will put themselves before Christ. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is you always have to put Christ before everyone else, including yourself. Yes. I mean, it's just like uh, Nicodemus. Yes. On uh, The The Chosen. Jesus asks him to follow him. Come with me. Follow me. Mm-hmm. And he wants to so bad. Yeah, I feel so bad for him. And he hides behind the corner. He leaves some gold for Jesus and the disciples in a bag. Jesus knows who it's from. He came so close. And he just, he knows he's behind the wall. Mm-hmm. You can tell. And he just kind of faces Because he's like, anyone else? <laughs> yeah, he's asking, anyone? Anyone else? Anyone? <laughs> like ever. <laughs> and... Finally, he's like, you came so close. And yeah. Nicodemus is on the other side of the wall just bawling. I, I was would like, too. could you imagine being in that position? You have that choice to follow Jesus Christ. Mm, the Learn Messiah. from him. And you, you could tell Nicodemus knew who he was. Mm-hmm. 
He believed it. Said in him. he was standing on holy ground. Yeah. And still. I think he put his step. wife first. Yeah. I think if it were in just position, him, he I mean, would have. But he was a Pharisee. He was in a place of importance. His wife, his money, his lifestyle. There was so much for him to give up, and he was unwilling. Yeah. And he, it hurt him. He was sad. Mm-hmm. But Jesus told him, like, it's going to come down to that, and there's going to be people that do not want to part with their earthly possessions yeah. to follow him into heaven. Well, the second thing that I was going to talk about is like right before that, since we talk about context, the chapters before, um, Jesus is talking about faith and obedience. Mm -hmm. And then he talks about that parable of the wedding feast. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other part, the last part of that parable about the wedding feast that I wanted to touch on was the one person that is tossed out into the darkness right. he and the doesn't have the key. wedding garment doesn't have the wedding garment now this can be perceived many ways my perception on this is jesus many times talks about how your faith in him is like armor yeah actually keep going so it's like your clothing you wear that because you wear your armor like clothing you know so bring that to a turn it into a wedding garment you show up to heaven without knowing jesus without believing in him without that faith in christ you are not dressed for the party and you're going to stand out and you'll be cast out so but the king does refer to him as friend how did you get in here without a wedding garment on, friend? So it's not like he's, you know, disgusted with him or doesn't like him. It's the fact that he showed up without the proper attire or faith and is unfit to be there. So he gets tossed out into the to the cold darkness with the gnashing teeth or fiery darkness, depending on how you want to take it. But I thought that that was very important, how in that parable, it shows Jesus going after the Jews. Come to the wedding. They can't be bothered. they got other things to do. They don't want to listen. Come to the wedding is Jesus coming to earth telling them, Come, this is the way, this is how you get to heaven. All of the many prophets that were sent before Jesus, telling them, this is the way, come. And they ignore all these things, or they might listen for a time, and then they they stray off. They just, they don't get there. And then Jesus, having the mercy on the world, to extend that invitation to everyone regardless of who you are what faith you were in at the time which is a big step I mean you think about Greeks with their gods and then you're faced with Jesus and the one God here it is that's what I was looking for the whole armor of God you're talking about the garment being faith and it talks about it right here it's in Ephesians 
6, 10 through 17. Mm -hmm. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Yeah. So it talks about the whole armor right there, including faith. Yeah. So the whole time he talks about your, your faith is like something that you wear. It's a protection. Right. In the Bible, he talks a lot about putting on things and taking off yeah. things. So if you think about when you're in heaven... You don't need the armor anymore, per se. You're already there. But you're going to want that wedding garment. Yeah, you're going to want to be in your bridal clothes. You're going to want, yeah. So I think that's very important. And it's something that a lot of people just kind of overlook. They might read and say, oh, that's interesting. And they yeah. don't ever think about it again. I think that's found in true belief. Yeah. And Jesus' saving grace. Exactly. So, I mean, it's important to... To read these things, especially these parables, Jesus taught in parables, and there was a lot of things. And was there was a like a riddle that he gave to, I can't remember one of the disciples told him to figure it out. It was God, in yeah. uh, Ezekiel. Ezekiel, figure it out, <laughs> and he never did. Yeah, and that's one of the things is Jesus talks about his parables, and he said those who will be saved and who are called and chosen the, the chosen ones will understand the parables yeah and those who don't understand just won't understand and i think that if you look at it in a negative way because the, the parables are a little difficult sometimes unless yes. you take real thought and if you don't understand one i don't think you should automatically cast yourself off as unsavable no. i think that it's something that you have to really meditate on and look in context and pray about and think about yes exactly and i also think it's like the duty of people who do understand to share their understanding with others right because you are a servant of god and the people that you help to understand it god meant for you to show them mm -hmm. god meant for you to illuminate that for them yeah with like the bible how someone can read a verse and someone else can read the same one but we understand it in different ways yes but it's because it's the living word yeah and just like we treat our children to their own, like, differently with their own individuality. Mm -hmm. God treats his children differently depending on our walk and what we've yes. gone through and how our relationship is to him and what he needs for us to understand at the time. Exactly. And, I mean, that's, it's, it's really important to remember that. Right. We're never it's in the same place. It's a word, and it's going to speak to each person's heart a little different. You're going to have a little different understanding of it. But ultimately, 
you should have a understanding of what it is meaning. And ultimately, it may take a little while. Yeah. You know, I think it's taken me years, but ultimately, too, you have to actually open up your Bible and read it. Yes. You, you have to actually get into the Word and pray about it and attempt to really understand where he's coming from. Yeah. If you don't have a want for it, yeah, you're, if your Bible's dusty on the shelf, yeah. you know. And you got to take comfort in it mm-hmm. and actually trust in the Word. Like I said, right now, with everything going on in the world, election chaos, all that stuff, it's easy to get distracted and put your faith in man. Yeah. But we can't. We can't let ourselves fall into that habit because it's so easy. You have to put your faith in God. Know that Jesus is the Son. He came to die for our sins, to redeem us before the Father. He was the pure sacrificial lamb that tore the veil. Yes. And then God raised him on the third day. And he is seated at the right hand of the Most High. Yes. That's, the, that's what you have control. to believe. God is in control. Everything that is happening is destined. And don't let the world fool you. They are living. God is alive. He's, he's not dead. No. God never died. No. It, it, it goes back to the movie, God's Not Dead. I mean, yeah. it's like people say that, but like he is alive. God is alive. He is a vengeful jealous god but i also think he does have a sense of humor <laughs> some people don't think that he does but and I do he's think also that god very does. loving very very loving look what he's done for his exactly. children exactly so I chance mean, after chance after chance we are his children and he wants the best for us just like we would want the best for our children so it's the same i think he made that relationship between mother and child and father and child that way because that is how he feels about us how a mother and father would feel about their kids normally there's yeah. some bad parents out there but he feels that yes. way about us and he says that too like even if a mother rejects her kid he says i will never reject no, you he doesn't all he asks is that you accept him yeah. basically that's it Love him and put him first. And I, I would also like to take this time to clarify one little thing. Uh-oh. So recently, on the uh, swearing-in of the 117th Congress... <sighs> I don't want to talk about it. There was a reverend, minister, whatever... He may have been, I'm not sure. Probably fake. Uh, that said a prayer. <laughs> Was that a prayer? <laughs> and then... Was it? Ended it with, in the name of the uh, monotheistic... Monotheistic God. God. Allah. And the many gods of many names. And then ended that with... A man and a woman. One thing is my skin crawled. <laughs> my skin crawled. I had to watch it a couple times to make sure I was hearing this right because I was like, what? <laughs> you know? 
So just so we can be clear, I have got this pulled up right now. Mm-hmm. Amen. The meaning, the true meaning of the word amen. Amen is Hebrew. <coughs> Sucked in my saliva. Because <laughs> <coughs> we're all excited. <laughs> it is spoken to express <coughs> solemn ratification or agreement. It means it is so or so it be. Mm-hmm. Amen is derived from the Hebrew amen, mm-hmm. which means certainty, mm-hmm. truth, and verily. Mm-hmm. So that is the meaning. It is. It doesn't have anything to do with sex. So to change amen into amen and a woman mm-hmm. makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, there's was, there's like that's a new word. That's that a whole was, new word you're creating. Yeah, Hebrew would would end their prayers with so it be. Because when they prayed it, yeah. God, they knew God was in control. Yes. And if he deemed it mm-hmm. or willed it, then it would be. The same with, you know, God's will be done over our own will. And that's a whole other podcast episode, yeah, <laughs> God's so. will. So I'm not even going to get started on that. We're going to do that next week. Ooh. <laughs> because really, a lot of people will say, may God's will be done. But really... Do they want God's will to be done, or do they want their own they will want, to be done? They want their will to be done. They want man's <laughs> will to be done. They're just saying, God, do what I want. Mm-hmm. And we can't be like that. We need to step back and realize that we are not in control. You know, no matter who the president of their country is, he's not in control. God is in control. God is guiding everything to a determinate end. And as we spoke about before, I mean, revelations at the end of times, America is not in there. Nope. There are no friends of Israel. Sorry, you guys. And Israel stands alone. (laughs) Now, does that mean that we're all just gone? No, because as we've already pointed out in these parables that we've read, Mm -hmm. we're grafted into the nation of Israel through our faith in Jesus. Right. And I will stand with Israel. There are those of us that will be there for that final battle, that will stand in Israel and be part of that. I believe that. The different uh, tribes of Israel, 12 tribes, and there's going to be so many people there. Like 144,000, I believe. Yep. So, but that's of the tribes of Israel. I don't know that specifically that it says that's all that's going to be there. There could be those who have been grafted in. They're not in the tribes of Israel. They are uh, grafted in, you know. So, they there could be those of us that are there. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but it, I think it's a possibility. Yeah, there's some people that believe that, and yeah. So... We don't know what will happen. That's up to God. Maybe we'll find out one day. Leave it up to Him and not try to figure that out because it's not for us to know. Well, that's the thing is once we give up this illusion of control, there's so much peace behind it. Yeah. Like there really is. You kind of just go with the flow of it all. And like none of this crazy stuff that goes on in the world really bothers you. Mm -mm. You're like, okay. 
there's a lot of things that we probably will never know the truth behind, but God does. That's why we need to put our trust in Him. He knows what's happened. He knows the wrongs of this world and the rights. So mm-hmm. let's just keep our faith in God and praise Jesus for giving us another day on this earth. Yes. And whoever is listening, may his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. And may he give you peace. Yes. Because that's what we need right now. And that's what Trump called for as well. Peace. We need to have peace. And we need to feel that in our heart and in our soul. And make that a goal for us daily in our hearts. Because that is what God wants for us. Yeah. So I think we'll... We'll end it here on this podcast today, and we just thank everyone that listens to these. We appreciate you so much. We look forward to your comments and and to new subscribers. New we subscribers. literally get excited every time, yeah, don't we? Yeah, we got what two? Forty-one now. We got like two. We got just four, this week. four this month. Yeah, like two this week. Yeah, we do. We get stoked. It it's makes awesome. our day. The forty-one. So. Keep it coming, you not, guys. Not 4,100 or 41,000, but just 41. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you all. So we'll leave it there. We appreciate you all. Uh, God bless all of you.